Hey, everyone. Welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous. I'm Tiffany Blackman. Welcome, welcome back, everyone. So great to talk to you today. And you know what? You have told me you have all spoken and you really want us to talk more about women's and men's health. And today we're talking about sexuality and I have shared with many of you, I struggle in the area of sex. I mean, I just, I'm not sure what it is. And we talked with Dr. Celeste Holbrook with Velvet Box many months ago. And um, she has helped and she's helped many of you because she was the number one rated podcast of all, I think, 85 of them. So what we've decided to do is talk with Velvet Box. And I'm bringing to you today, actually, she's a personal friend and she is the owner of Velvet Box in the DFW area. Everyone, welcome to the show, Marcel LeBlanc. Hi. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So great to have you here. Michelle, uh, Michelle, sorry. Marcel and I met in Pilates class. Thank you, Stephanie Perry at D Method. Now it's D Method Virtual. So we, you're an only, you're an early morning girl like myself. Not quite as early as you. <laughs> you know, I I I don't like to be out and about at five a.m. I'm up, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty early riser. There was a time. So I when when Stephanie was teaching in the studio before the lovely COVID hit. I would meet her at 5 a.m. and we would finish at 5.50 and you would come in after on occasion. And so six o'clock, but I I think you wanted me to go to six o'clock and I wanted you to come to five o'clock and you're like, no, no, sorry, the day's half over. But anyway, that is our commonality for sure. We have, we've been friends in that and we've missed each other because now we're virtual, Mm -hmm. but um, we do have the equipment and uh, we love it. She still kicks our asses, right? I love her. I absolutely love her. Yeah. That was one of the best things that came out of COVID was I got rid of my um, formal dining room and put a gym in and I work out more than ever. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you got the chair, yeah, right? I got the, the chair. The, yeah. the Pilates chair. Yeah. yeah. Every time I walk by, I do a few pike ups. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. Passe pike ups. Yeah. I mean, well, okay. So let's talk. You, I admire you so very, very much because I have women and men entrepreneurs on this show. And the struggles and the successes, and I've always said my struggles, and I want to say failures, but I had a therapist on here and she encouraged me to stop saying that. But um, my struggles, I have learned more from my struggles. And I know a lot of businesses have struggles. Um, And I just want to talk to you about the Velvet Box. Can you explain to our listeners that didn't listen to Dr. Celeste Holbrook, what is Velvet Box? Explain to that. We are a small chain of luxury lingerie and toy boutiques that specialize in education here in the uh, Metroplex. So, and our staff is what makes us special, the people. It's not about our beautiful stores, which they are quite beautiful and set us apart, mm. but our staff and the way that they make people feel in our training program, in my opinion, is second to none. Not only in adult retail, it's the best, but I think in retail in general and service. You could you could put them in Neiman Marcus, you could put them in 7-Eleven, you could put them in because they could sell. Absolutely. They can sell, you Anything. know, they can sell Mercedes, they mm-hmm. can sell Rolexes. Yeah. Yeah. So an adult store, I, and I, and I, I think I said this before, I have been in three in my lifetime at 56, one in Austin, not an attractive 
at all. It was very seedy. Um, and of course, there's the mental, like, like oh my gosh, what am I going to do? In here? What am I doing in here? Now, that was probably in my 20s. Then in New Orleans on Bourbon Street, if you can only imagine that, which it was an experience. And then a few years ago, I walked into the Velvet Box in Fort Worth. And I was like, oh my goodness, it's beautiful. It's clean. Everything should be clean. It's educational. Your staff approached me and made me feel, they made me feel like I I was one of many people that were having issues because I walked in because we were having issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have to congratulate you that, I mean, go to her website and at Velvet Box. It is a beautiful store. Now, outside the beautiful store, you have obviously your fabulous training program. So tell us how you train these men and women how to react. I mean, how do you, you, you can't teach passion, right? Well, it starts with hiring the right person. So, you know, everything that we do in, um, in our retail business is curated from, getting the right person. We have personality profiles for every individual. So we want to make sure that those people are um, social people that like to talk to others, you know, are going to be um, free to talk to customers and enjoy it and have the ability to sell. And so we start with the right foundation and then we put in the training program. We've developed over the last decade something called Velvet Box University and also the master's program. And every Retail associate goes through two weeks of training before they are allowed to, you know, um, have a customer on their own. Wow. So that and every portion of the um, retail experience is curated from the when the second that a customer comes into the store, how to greet a customer, um, how to open the sale, how to talk to customers, how to deal with um a number of health issues we try and you know we're not we're not doctors we don't give medical advice but we are well versed in where the products that we have fit in with some of those medical issues you know um throughout the years talking to different friends and different philanthropies friends that are in philanthropies um i mentioned uh, she, this woman was an uh, Christine Martin was talking to me and she's with putting on pink and um, for breast cancer. And she was telling me, oh my gosh, y'all have to meet Marcel. And I'm like, who? Marcel owns Velvet Box. I'm like, I know her. I know her. And she went on and on and on about you educating. She lost her breast. I mean, she didn't feel, you know what I mean? Like how great your you, when you go and speak to these men and women, how you make them feel. And that's a gift. That's a gift, right? It's a talent and a gift. Thank you. I mean, I mean, that is, that's huge. So I'm going to take this back because I've had this positive experience with many people in the Fort Worth area. Um, how did you get started in this industry? Because from what (laughs) you went to Cal Poly and you are horticult, your ornamental horticulture and greenhouse production. First of all, tell me what that is. That is 
Um, any type of mass production retail of plants. So if you see your poinsettias for holidays, for Christmas, your Easter lilies, any type of mass production, cut flowers, potted plants, that kind of thing. And that that was your passion at, at the time? And no, then- I, you know, I left early. I left home early. I, I was was born and raised in Louisiana and I moved to um, a little place called Buellton in Central Coast of California and I was working for a horse, horse farm and I was living in a converted stall sharing a bathroom with six Mexicans and oh my gosh. Um, wow. and I, you know I always knew since I was young my family always said you know you need to go to college you need to go to college and I didn't quite know what that meant and so we had a client that was my age and she was going to college and I'm like, well, where are you going to college? And uh, she said, I'm going to Cal Poly. And I'm like, oh. And so that was before internet. So I sent off for the the oh, paper packet. brochure, the packet, and I'm <laughs> looking around and and I, I, I did a couple of classes um, at LSU <laughs> and it was horticulture and that, I, I, I liked it. I loved the science part of it. So they had a horticulture program. So I said, well, I guess I'll do horticulture. I, I mean, you know, I mean, I was like a kite in the wind, oh, uh, you yeah. know, I didn't know what I was doing. So I picked horticulture mm-hmm. and I went down that road and it, it was great. Uh, I love the science. I love the learning. My, one of my core values is learning. Mm-hmm. But once I got into the work arena, I didn't love the work. Right. Um, you know, it, it's greenhouses. It was, you know, um, I, I just didn't love the work. Right. And so I started uh, learning how to write HTML code, taking computer science classes uh, back when I think it was Comdisco was still a thing. And I was taking classes there and I put my resume out on Monster and I had a company that contacted me that needed a buyer for adult DVDs. And, you know, you're in your 20s, you're just trying to pay your bills and, you know, you're barely making ends meet. So I go and I take this interview. I'm taking all interviews and for some reason they think I'm qualified to be a porn buyer and they offer me 40% increase in salary. And so I, I knew nothing about pornography. But I took it. I'm like, I'm just going to fake this job until they realize I have no idea what I'm doing and then they're going to fire me. But, you know, I will have picked up a couple paychecks and moved on down the road. Right. And come to find out, um, you know, I really liked it. It was, I like the people. The people were really nice, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, it was a learning learning curve. It was a lot of spreadsheets and I decided to go up. I was uh, living in North County, San Diego at the time and, uh, and the majority of America's porn is made in the San Fernando Valley mm-hmm. of California. And so I would drive up to the valley and <clears throat> I would meet with these um, studios and I, I'm like, tell me about your stuff. Like, I need to learn. I need to be able to be good at my job. I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me with this? And so I learned to, to be a buyer. And uh, and I, I met all of these wonderful people. They were normal people. These were business people. These are people that I know today that own Walgreens and their kids are, you know, pianists and professional golfers. And right. like, all, you know, it was just, they just happened to take advantage of an opportunity. And so I stayed in the industry and eventually I just moved throughout the industry. I went from buyer. Um, I worked for a studio that um, uh, called Red Light District. We did the the Paris Hilton video. Um, so I, I worked in production. I, you know, I'm a very organized person. So I like things to, you know, mm-hmm. run on time. I like the trains to run on time. And so I, I organized everything and uh, from, you know, the agents and um <clears throat> And getting all the production out. And so I did that. And then eventually I moved to sales. I was doing sales for a company that was based out of Barcelona. 
and I did all their North American operations and sales. And, um, that was my first opportunity at travel. Um, I'd always wanted to travel and I had just, I had gotten a passport. It was sitting there in the drawer and didn't have a stamp on it. And I, um, had the opportunity to go to a trade show in, um, Berlin was the first time. And so they're like, you're gonna have to go to Berlin. And I'm like, you're gonna pay for it. I'm gonna get to go to Europe. And (laughs) then, you know, I ended up going to Paris and to Spain. And, and I mean, it just, I was hooked. I was hooked after that. You know, it's such a, it's an industry that's, just so so global and I was just meeting people from all over the world mm-hmm. and every opportunity that I had I would get on a train or a plane to go somewhere you know, right what, what year ish would this what decade was this in the 90s in the yeah. 90s yeah. in the 90s yeah mid 90s late 90s so was the world ready for for the adult interest industry at that time oh yeah they were oh, yeah they were ready yeah. they were ready yeah but how did you, was it in stores? You were buying for stores. You were, how, how did. Well, um, I was buying the, I first started buying for an online um, okay. website and then I got into sales and I started selling to stores. So all there's every probably chain that you've drive by here in the Metroplex. I was selling movies to at some point right. in time, you know, mm-hmm. all over the country. Right. I was doing that. And then, um, in my travels, I, I saw a lot of different kinds of stores, and it was it was. Inter- I don't know why I did this, but I would keep like this notebook of things, uh, notes of people who did things well in retail, and and as as time went on, I had a, a, a customer of mine that offered me a job doing buying and operations for their chain of stores, and they had stores in five states. And they said, um, and they'd offered me a job for a couple of years. And I'm like, I love California. You know, I mean, I'm young and I do anything in California. And and then eventually my dad got cancer. And so I said, you know, I'm going to move a little bit closer to home. Mm-hmm. And um, I picked Fort Worth mm-hmm. because they had cutting horses. And I'm like, I love cutting horses. I've always loved cutting. And I, I was under the assumption Fort Worth didn't get cold. But it does. Uh, <laughs> it does. Yeah, some of the options were Colorado, and I'm like, that's too cold. And I'm right. like, Fort Worth's got horses, and I don't think it gets cold here. <laughs> so I moved here, but yeah, it, it does get cold. Yeah. And um, and so, you know, it was a, a dream of mine, you know, 15 years ago to maybe have a cutting horse one day. And so that's how I picked Fort Worth. That's great. And Explain to, this is, I'm diverting a little bit because I know passion, your passion is equestrian. Define cutting horse. I know I grew up in a small town and with with a lot of my friends that did that, but could you define the cutting horse industry? Cutting is when you um, have a horse that you, you, you go into a herd of cows for the competition and you have to cut out one particular cow and move it to the center of the arena. And then you put your hand down and you work that cow using your body language to and block it from getting back to the herd and you um, you're given two and a half minutes and you typically work anywhere from two to three cows and you are judged on um, the style and finesse of keeping that cow away from the herd wow so yeah you're required to have a really good athletic cowy horse mm-hmm. and then also to be a really good team with your horse. Absolutely. How many horses do you have? I have two. Two horses. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's, I know from, it's a lot of travel. 
And it's expensive. I mean, it is expensive being equestrian. <laughs> it, it is. is. It and is. you are you fall in love with your horses. Yes. I mean, I have a niece that's pro rodeo and she just, I mean, she's all over the U.S. right now. Yeah. It's very expensive, but she still has to work. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Everything I make goes towards the girls. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm hauling for the world finals this year. So it's oh um, it's more expensive than it normally is and more time consuming. But sure. I sure. think that was another blessing that came out of COVID because... I don't think I would have done that if I hadn't been um, forced to stay home and not travel. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the cutting horse industry, I mean, where is the World Finals? The World Finals is here at Will Rogers. You're kidding. Right mm-hmm. here in our backyard. Okay. The Triple Crown of Cutting is here. And very few people know this, but the Triple Crown of Cutting brings in more than the Triple Crown of Racing. Oh, my goodness. So it's something. a big deal. Yeah. It is a big deal. It's an impressive facility. It is. It is in the new Dickies Arena. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness, the growth, the growth. So Velvet Box, your dream was to open this store. Did you know what it, did you have a vision of what it would look like? I did. Um, I, you know, I'd been traveling all over the U.S. and Europe and, and seeing what stores uh, it, all kinds of retail, actually, adult stores, regular retail stores. And I, I kept this notebook. I still have it. And, you know, I'd see a f- piece of furniture or fixture and I would take a picture of it or sketch it out or write things that I thought people were doing well. And I just kind of compiled, compiled all of these notes. And um, at, at the same time, there were places like Brookstone in the mall, sold a whole line of vibrators. Um, Central Market, Walgreens sold... Um, lubricants, personal lubricants, and Walmart. They also sell full line of sex toys now. They yeah, do? They do. They do. Yeah. I had no yeah. idea. Okay. But, you know, the, the difference was is that you can't go in there and ask questions. No. You know, where are you going to get all of your questions answered? You know, if you're going through menopause, you just had a baby, um, you've had prostate cancer, you know, and, and you can't really get your questions answered on how to integrate these things into the relationship or use them properly um, in any of those stores. And I'm like, you know, what if we curate a a really nice store where we have all of those questions that are going to be able to be answered? And at that time, um, we had, the industry was changing. We had more women manufacturers coming online, building, uh, making and creating really pretty things that were not quite so realistic and, um, and so I, I thought, you know, we don't even need, uh, we don't need movies. We don't need any type of pornography in the store. We don't, we, we don't even need to be 18 and over. We just need to have it really classy, really nice and have it for everybody mm-hmm. and put it in a nice part of town. And, um, it, it was a gamble. I think for a lot of people, they thought I was crazy and, uh, but just meeting people, especially here in Texas, there's just a a huge segment of the population that's not being catered to as far as education. Mm -hmm. And I I felt like, man, I think if we do this right, you know, I was told it was absolutely not going to work. If we didn't have pornography, we were going to fail. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I really don't believe that. Hmm. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with stores that sell pornography, but, you know, we can do something different and, and, and have a niche that caters to people that don't want to go to those stores. So you do not have pornography. We don't. And so, so, and I, and I'm learning as, as we're speaking, but, but you don't have that, but you have other items. You have the lingerie, you have, how would I label what you have? The products, I know lubricant, that's something I, it, you know, in menopause, 
it's just it's just that you're dry everywhere except for my hair on the top of my head <laughs> because <laughs> because it's thin and it's going away. But how do you define? I mean, help me with the verbs here. But it's or the it, nouns. It's lingerie, mostly personal lubricant and sex toys. Sex toys and yeah, sex toys and it's you know technology. I mean, you it's it's fun to come in. It's hard to explain because now. There are so many things that you don't even know it's a sex toy until you actually look at it. You know, I, I had a lady come come up to me one day and I was eating dinner at a restaurant and she says, I know who you are. You don't know who I am. But she says, I got the Wee Vibe. And she says, you know how I found out about the Wee Vibe? And I said, no. And she says, I had a friend of mine that had it and it was charging on our nightstand and we both had babies. And she says, is this one of these newfangled baby monitors? And I picked it up and she says, my friend says, no, that's my new sex toy vibrator. And she said, no. I know. So, Yes, yes. Um, I have a friend from out of state that um, she was moving her daughter out of her house and she found a box underneath her bed and she sent me a picture. She says, what is this? And I went, I have, I, 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 you never knew. And it looked like um, the mouse pad, the uh, the mouse on your computer for mm -hmm. your computer. And I'm like, well, that must be, she goes, 10 of them. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, oh my gosh, she's having a great time. I mean, so, so, you know, educating. I have another friend that has frequented in your store and she wanted to teach her daughter that to rely on herself. She did not need a man or a woman to to make her happy and pleasured. So that was a different parenting style than I had. I'd ever, but her daughter's in her 20s. I mean, mm -hmm. so, so you know, it was just, I'm like, that is a great concept. Not everyone out there is going to believe, to, to agree with me. But things I've done with my daughter, you know, in teaching and learning processes doesn't agree with everyone. But I do, I did. I was like, that is brilliant to take care of yourself, right? It is. And you have to, People are not taught how to be in a successful relationship. You know, if you mm. if you think about growing up as a woman, I was Catholic, and you know, if if you did any of these things, then you know, bad things were going to happen to you. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, you were going to be punished, and and then all of a sudden you're you're married, and then you're like, well, now what am I supposed to do? You know, I mean, I I don't, you know, it's it's not like driving. I mean, no one, there's no course. You don't get to see mom and dad, you know, mm -hmm. making the motions of backing the car out of the driveway or any of those things. So mm -hmm. you can kind of have an idea of what's going on. It's just kind of thrust upon you right. and you're making the best of it. Right. And, you know, most of the time people are fumbling around in the communication. I mean, the number one thing about our education classes is how to communicate expectations. And that's, that's something that we simply don't do, mm -hmm. you know, not only in the bedroom, but out of the bedroom. Oh, gosh, yes. Mm -hmm. Of yeah. course. I mean, yeah. communication is huge. I mean, and I, and I fail at it miserably sometimes with my husband, you know, you know, new business and you just put your, your significant other on the back burner. And for my husband, sex is very important to me. I grew up Catholic. I mean, I, I don't need to continue to blame it on it, but I do. I do. I remember when... Um, at one point, some girl, I was in junior high and my mother found out that they were on birth control and they're, she called them whores. And I'm like, wait, but you know what I mean? So that was in my mind. Mm -hmm. That's not, that wasn't accurate. You know what I mean? Who knows what the, I mean, the, the medical, I mean, could have been for so many different things. And so I think once you, and I talked to Dr. Holbrook about this, if you just keep layering that in your mind, it's so much unraveling you have to do. So 
It's a difficult process. It is. It is so difficult. Mm-hmm. So, so training, training, and I know you traveled all over the world. So this training program, did you develop this training program? We did. And, you know, Beth Boatman, our first educator, um, helped us with a lot of the um, the medical and anatomy and stuff like that. So she, she helped us with that portion. And then we kept layering on sales, service, and we've just been developing and developing and then this year our focus is to take it online so that we can, you know, be more efficient with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The training. Yeah, right. the training for our staff. Yeah. So how did, you know, we thought we were coming out of COVID, but how did COVID affect your shops? Did you, did, did you see a surge in online? How did that, how did a COVID, oh, and then we had snowmageddon on Valentine's Day, of course, you know. Yeah. Oh, um, gosh. You know, a lot of people think that we do a huge online business, but mm-hmm. it is like less than 1% of our sales. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. People want to come into the stores and ask their questions. They do. They absolutely do. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, I had an executive coach at the time that said, you know, we will close. And I just couldn't fathom that. I'm like, I mean, how, how are they going to make people close their businesses? It just doesn't make any sense. But I started preparing and I said, well, you know, we're going to go to curbside. So as soon as we had to close, we furloughed all of our hourly people and we went to curbside. So we had a separate website for curbside service and, and, you know, people can come to the stores and pick up product. We deliver it and they'd open up the trunk of their car and we put it in there. And, and our number one, um, feedback from our store of personnel was that I, I need a headset. These people still want to talk. Like people are calling and I'm on the phone trying to pack these orders for like 30 minutes a customer. Wow. Or then I get stuck in the parking lot and they roll down the window and then they're asking. All, so it's it's the education that they're craving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a surprise for us. You know, we thought, oh yeah, you know, they're going to come and pick stuff up. But you know, they they wanted to talk. They wanted people to have a conversation with and ask questions and, and teach Mm -hmm. and teach. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I know that you have the online courses for the public. Yes. And you have online classes in store, right? Not in store anymore. Not in store anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We, we went, we moved uh, everything to zoom and then we're still trying to perfect that. And we're, you know, developing another program so that, because that, that, um, it, our our audience participation almost doubled. Mm. And I still think that there's a lot of opportunity out there, you know. Um, and, and one of the things that I, I like, I had Lauren, uh, who's helping us with all of the online stuff. And I had an email from a guy that says, you know, I really, really love your classes, but I'm in Dubai and I have to get up at like three in the morning. And is there a way? And I'm like, Lauren, can you find this person? Like, you know, and so she backtracked and we found somebody. And so we were giving out the Zoom recordings, you know, for people that were on the other end of the world and Mm -hmm. whatnot. But um, um, I forgot the question. What was it? Yeah. (laughs) I got talking about something. Oh, we were talking about, um, I know, just getting, I'm getting intrigued more and more. Um, The online classes versus the in-store. Versus in-store. And so. Because you did have in-store. We did have Mm -hmm. in-store. And and right now, and I just don't think we've ever come to a a point where um, we could fit 60 people comfortably shoulder to shoulder in a classroom right now. I I just don't think that that's going to be. We have our... Um, the only class that we have in person still is our advanced oral sex class. Mm-hmm. And so that's for 12 women only two hours. And that's, um, a class, uh, that, uh, Celeste teaches on, you know, um, 
hand job techniques, how to put on a condom, anatomy, all it, and it's all you know hands on, hands on for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and Celeste, Doctor Holbrook mm-hmm. teaches that. How did you find the Celeste and Beth? They are physicians that are working for you. How did you find them? I, I mean, mean, man, that was some divine intervention there. I, you know, we were looking, and I was looking for a therapist. I really wanted to teach, and uh. But we we weren't finding the right person to represent us. You know, mm-hmm. there, we had there's lots of great therapists out there, but there's a certain type of person that, um, you know, someone that's conservative is going to come and listen to. It's not going to be someone with purple hair, full of tattoos, and you know, mm-hmm. and, and explicit language. And so I had a friend of mine that was at a. Um, uh, OBGYN trade show in Austin. And she says, where is Weatherford or Peaster or something? And I'm like, well, it's not that far from here. She says, you've got to call this girl. I met this girl and it was Beth. And she says, she's absolutely amazing. So I hung up, called Beth. We met and she was just amazing. Absolutely amazing. And so um, I said, let's put a class together. That was right about Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes. And so we put our first class together, intro to BDSM. And, you know, we had had a couple of other classes and, 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 you know, 15, 20 people. And, uh, and so Brandon, uh, my COO says, you know, I think this is going to be a really busy class. And I said, well, let's just, you know, okay, set out 40 chairs. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, it, it, it seems a little risque. And, um, so the cl- night of the class is before we had signups and 120 people mm-mm, mm-mm. showed up mm-mm. and it was packed. I mean, and this was Beth's first class. And, we're, and I mean, I'm running in there and getting yoga mats out of my car and people are sitting on the floor. And it was August. It was 105 degrees outside. The air condition couldn't keep up. And Mm-mm. I mean, it was just, and that's where it took off. I mean, and so she developed a curriculum for us. And then um, she went on to get her doctorates and then have a beautiful little boy. And so she's being a mom right now. Right. And so we found Celeste and Celeste is given her own unique, beautiful, you know, take on the classes. And mm-hmm. um, so we're going right there. And we're, we're, so, we're always looking, you know, mm-hmm. and I think with the online courses, it'll allow us to expand and have people maybe teach, you know, where they don't have to be flying in. Exactly. Exactly. Because that's a challenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, finding good quality, obviously your threshold mm-hmm. is just incredible because you, this is your brand. Mm-hmm. This is, I mean, have you had a difficult time with employees that just, it didn't work out? Is that, I mean, or do, do you just screen them so much that, you know what I mean? Like it just wasn't a good fit. I think, um, yeah, I, it's retail. So there's, there's a certain amount of a revolving door when it comes to retail sales associates. And, but what, I think what really helped us is we use this um, program called Culture Index and it and we have a, a profile that we hire to that's you know a highly social person and you, you want to make sure i mean people know how to interview but you know you, you don't want to hire somebody that's conducive to accounting to sell sex mm-hmm. sorry sex toys in at, in a retail right. location it's just not going to work out sure so you want to screen for those those type of um um tendencies and then then once you once you get the right profile then it's it's the training goes much faster mm-hmm. they sell better sell better so there's been a i think i don't even know how many years and of course you know more than me but the home parties mm-hmm. is that something that you considered 
You know, no, like, no, no, no. I don't want to go to somebody's house. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't. I right. mean, you know, it's um, it's it, it's just not for me. Right. I mean, I, I just don't want to go to somebody's house. Right. I mean, and you know, and then I don't want to send my my staff there. It's mm-hmm. a safety issue. It's that's it's true. not like it used to be. I mean, and then people are drinking and yeah. consuming alcohol, mm-hmm. and I, it, I I'm just not comfortable right. with it. We get asked about it all the time. We'll have private parties at the office. We have a, you know, 1400 square foot space that we convert into a classroom and we've, we've had parties before, but you can control it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's controlled and safe and yeah. But that's a great point because I have been invited to these parties before. I've never been, Mm -hmm. but invited to this type of party. And I was like, ah, I just didn't, but going in and talking to someone one-on-one is just a different ball game. So tell me about Brandon because I haven't met Brandon. He is your COO. Okay. And I am going to meet with him in the next couple of weeks to go to the store and he's going to give me a tour and talk about some things because you're lined up. We've got you guys for six months. Everyone isn't that exciting. We got you. So I want to be educated so I can actually have an intelligent conversation. But, you know, I was talking with Lauren, your PR agency, with when and she was just like, it's actually good that you're asking these questions and that you are not so educated on this. You know, I know about you, your business, but I, I don't. I mean, and it's something I need to learn, obviously, my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> then there's that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell us, how many stores? You have five, five stores? Five stores. And tell, tell everyone where these stores are. Three here in Fort Worth, one in Louisville, and one in West Plano. So the DFW area. Mm-hmm. So are you expanding? I am. Are I'd you? like to at least double my footprint. It's harder than you think. You really? Know? Yeah. yeah. Landlords are afraid of us. Are they really? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Now tell me, explain that to me. I mean, I understand, but I mean, look at your experience, look at your, I mean, sales, look at your, I mean. I think, well, they're just afraid of judgment and what people are going to say. And then, you know, mostly judgment, I think. And People judge. Yeah, they judge. And then they get afraid that something bad might happen. Nothing bad's ever happened. Um, but, you know, they just, it's fear, fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, we're unique. Um, you know, I, I think... Um, all they know is what our competitors are like. And so they're really nervous about, you know, leasing to an adult store that might be like our competitors. And so uh, we ha- we'll have them drive over and do their due diligence and, you know, look at the stores, talk to our staff. And um, yeah, it's just, you know, conservative Texas. It's it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Yeah, yeah, the South. I mean, it's mm-hmm. tough. I mean, but, but case in point, Marcel. My number one podcast, Mm -hmm. and I mean, I've hit almost every area now, but my number one podcast was your podcast Mm -hmm. in in Dr. Holbrook and um, Redefining Sex. And honestly, was I nervous? Yes. And because we are all trying to stay on brand, but that just showed me that there's people that need help and they're turning to this podcast for that help. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's been... I mean, that's, that's exciting. I mean, I was really, I mean, we pulled the numbers up three weeks ago and I was like, oh my goodness, because who I thought it was going to be, it had doubled it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, congratulations. I mean, what you're doing for everyone. So you, this, this is airing in September and then the month of October being breast cancer awareness, we're doing sex after cancer. And I've mentioned that to cancer survivors 
male and female. And they tear up. Mm-hmm. They tear up. You see these people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a thing. It is. Absolutely it is. I mean, you know, your relationship changes. Your, you know, the definition of sex is going to change. Your body is changing, you know. I mean, it, it's already changing with age. And then now you add an illness on top of that. And mm-hmm. um, you're already at a point where you're in crisis mode and you're trying to survive. And, you know, how do you be intimate? And what about your partner? Mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of left out there wondering if you know what to do are they doing the right thing mm-hmm. it's um it's it's scary and it's hard yeah mm-hmm. yeah and and you know that's where beth that's her forte is it? yeah that is absolutely her forte yeah i've seen her talk to some doctors and, and and do some programs for cancer care services and i mean you know their staff is just left with their jaw on the floor i mean it's just it's incredible i mean she did a a walkthrough with some of their social workers through our store looking at toys and how they can um, implement those toys into um, um, daily life with cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, prosthetics, what happens, you know, even even answering questions like, you know, what happens if I have erectile dysfunction, I've had a radical prostatectomy and I can't use Viagra because I have a heart condition, you know, what mm-hmm. do I do? What do I do? My staff knows what to do. You know, you come into Velvet Box and they can they can give you some alternatives and just walking through the store, there, there's, you know, you're not at the end of the road. Mm-hmm. It's not the end. Because the medication, I mean, the ED medication, mm-hmm. I mean, scares me to death. Mm-hmm. I mean, my husband has a heart issue. I mean, yeah. a heart problem. It just scares me so much. Yeah. So there's, so what you're saying is there's, there's options. alternatives. There's options. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Greg, get ready. Yeah, there are options. <laughs> absolutely. Um. We've got to get Beth on for um, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we got to we got to yeah. put her hit her mommy aside. But yes, sex after I mean cancer because I am just here. And you think about I, my mom passed at very young age of cancer, and I look at the emotions and the the of her as as obviously the cancer patient, and my father as the caregiver. And not being able to do anything. And I can't imagine, and this is something we certainly don't, we didn't talk about at Catholic Church, but I can't imagine, you know, because I would imagine that it would be difficult to even talk about it, but there's still that need. I mean, to be, mm-hmm. I mean, I would assume, I pray, I, I pray I'm not, I have to go through cancer, but my husband or myself or my child, but I think about, and I want to tear up, how everyone feels right they kind of lose hope dignity mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and, you know we try and do our part and just maybe helping them give a little give a little bit of that back that's so great that y'all offer that i mean so so if you're listening to this there are the sex toys the lingerie but there is survival too mm-hmm. i mean and thriving Absolutely. definitely thriving yeah. Yeah. do you have a Demographics of your number number one demographics of your customer. Um, it's equal men and women. I would say thirty five to fifty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the in store. Yeah, in store. Mm-hmm. That is so great. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. great. I just love it. They get they get much older though. I mean, it, it, like one of my favorite times. I remember watching in the cameras. I was doing some accounting and. I see this couple come in and they were, they were, I think they were celebrating their 
55 year anniversary and they were, you know, close to 80 and they had a little basket and they were, it was just, so I went over and introduced myself oh. and said hi. And I wanted to see what they, what they were loading up their basket with. And it was so cute. It was a little paddle and some fuzzy handcuffs. And it was just... <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? It's adorable. It's oh my goodness, adorable. you were curious. Yeah, I'm like, well, I, I want to know what's in the basket. I got to go see. I love it. I had a great conversation with them. What do you say to the listeners now that are intimidated and overwhelmed by going in and how to approach this, this conversation with their partner, male, female? Um, I would say that um, approach the conversation of just visiting a store. Mm -hmm. I, I would say just, it, it's an adventure, you know, I mean, uh, you don't have to commit to anything. It just opens the lines of communication and come in, look around and feel free to just ask some questions. And then it, you can have a discussion about what you saw mm -hmm. and that that's a good place to start. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think people think that, you know, you have to do lots of crazy things. I think uh, just opening up the lines of communication mm -hmm. and start communicating mm -hmm. about what you saw. I was dating someone one time, Marcel, and um, the the thought of, you know, we did open the conversation and he was like, well, why would you need me if you had that? And I just, I didn't have an answer. I'm like, well, I, I don't know. So that shut, that was another shutdown in my mind. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm sure there's people that feel that way, right? I mean, and you just have to be open. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can't change people. Well, and, you know, a, a device is not going to um, replace a human. I mean, you know, um, it, I mean, you can't take your vibrator. You can to dinner and the movies, but, you know, <laughs> but you're not going to have a really good conversation. There's not going to be any laughing. I mean, you know, so, I mean, I, you no know. No back talking. Yeah, <laughs> then there's that. <laughs> yes. But, um, yeah, I, you know, that's a common misconception and, you know. Uh, women are a lot of work too. Sometimes, you know, just give the guys a break. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a lot of work, definitely on many, many fronts for sure. Well, I can't tell you how much I have enjoyed talking to you about this. And I look forward to the next five months of everyone learning and helping you expand too. I mean, it just, I just, I want to share this all over and, Thank you. Uh, and Thank we you. will, and Thank we will much. definitely. So we were going to have Brandon on a couple of times. You'll You're, love Brandon. That's uh, what yeah, I hear. absolutely love Brandon. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Is he just mm -hmm. fabulous? He's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I look forward to meeting him. I have, I have him a couple of times, but we're right in time for Christmas and Valentine's. But um, we are going to hit uh, definitely the anatomy and with your, with your staff of therapists and physicians, and we're going to hit every topic and, um, and uh, just definitely be open and share everything with the world. You need to get Beth in here. Beth, when you listen to this, I promise to babysit. I won't, um, <laughs> I won't let him go too fast in his big wheel. So <laughs> hey, we'll just put him in the, we'll put him in with our producer, Paul. Hey, right. He's about to have a baby. So, you know, we'll just get him ready for another one. He's already had a child. So, okay. How can we find you, your website? Yes. Uh, www.thevelvetbox.com. And um, the contact information, if you just um, uh, hit the contact information, the email comes directly to me. Okay. And then the Velvet Box FW is your Instagram. DFW. As well. mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Velvet Box DFW for Facebook too. Facebook as well. How are you in the stores? Um, you know, it depends. I, you know, I'm in the stores 
not not a, a ton. I mean, I travel around and I, you know, I, I meet with the staff and talk to them. But um, most of the time I spend here in the office. I do a lot of the marketing and the accounting. and Right. And that's yeah. a whole mm-hmm. different job. Yeah. I know, right? Mm-hmm. And you have people that do that. I tell people, stay in your lane. Oh, absolutely. Stay yeah. in your lane. Yeah. Me getting analytics for the show is not my lane <laughs> at all. Well, it's so great to see you again. Thank you. Thank you so much oh, for having gosh, me. Oh, gosh. So absolutely. I've enjoyed it. Absolutely. And everyone, please keep listening, rate, and review this podcast. And hey, you told us what you wanted to hear and see. So um, keep doing that. Follow me at Tiffany C. Blackman and go again, rate and review this. On, we've got to get up in that Apple world. And everyone, have a wonderful day. Just go right in, Velvet Box. And everyone, keep being fabulous.